Hey, everybody, it's Mark. Welcome or welcome back to the New Spring Church podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free New Spring app where you can access all of our recent message content. Actually, the app is the easiest way to share all this content with a friend, and it's the easiest way to keep up with everything going on around here at New Spring. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, good morning. Great to be in the Lord's house. As Brother Mark was introducing me, I thought, my goodness, with all he's saying, I'm looking forward to hearing myself. Amen? <laughs> hey, don't you have a great pastor in Mark Hoover? You know, he said he pastors a church of thousands, but I was just thinking, my goodness, I pastor in Georgia, and I don't know if I'd have thousands today if it was 30 degrees. So listen, I commend you. I commend you for being here today. Thank you so very much. I was honored to get here early yesterday, early yesterday, uh, being both services yesterday and yesterday evening, and it's just been wonderful. Just have time to rest. I thought, this is the way I need to do it. I remember one time, I, I preach a lot, and I remember one time I was going to preach, and I was running late, and I was driving, and I was moving pretty fast, and I looked in my rearview mirror, and I saw blue lights, and I thought, great, an opportunity to make a new friend, amen? And uh, I started getting that car off the side of the road. And as I got that car off the side of the road, I was making sure I got something buckled in. And the officer came up. I've learned just to be nice. And he said, I need your license. I need proof of insurance. I gave it to him. And he said to me, he said, you were speeding, sir. And I said, yes, I, I'm aware of that. But I said, let me explain. I always use this same line. Always when I'm, when I'm giving my license, I'm a chaplain. So I always pull this out. And, and I said, well, uh, I, I was going down to this little church to preach. And he said, well, that's fine. But said, the way you're driving is rather reckless. He said, uh, uh, you, you, I'm going to have to write you up the way you're driving. And I said, well, you know. And uh, I said, well, I was just going down to this little Baptist church to preach. And he said, uh, did you say Baptist church? I said, yes. He said, mama was a Baptist. I said, I love those Baptists. I love those Baptists. And he said, Reverend, I don't normally do this, but he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go. I said, praise God and the Lamb forever. Amen. Praise God and the Lamb forever. And I thought, this is wonderful. And he was getting ready to walk off. And before he walked off, he said to me, he said, uh, Reverend, just one more question. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, I, I notice you've got your seatbelt on. I said, yes, I do. Yes, I do. He said, do you always run it through the steering wheel? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Listen, I'm so glad to get to be here. I'm so glad to get to be here today. I mean that. It's just an honor. Would you stand to your feet? Would you stand to your feet and listen very closely? I'll say to you what Elizabeth Taylor said to her eighth husband. I'm not going to keep you long. Amen? I'm not going to keep you long. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says these words. It says, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. Isn't that good, folks? Goodness gracious. And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to 
his purpose. Let us pray. God, I cannot. You never said I could. You can. You always said you would. My prayer today is for that man or woman that's here who doesn't know you in the free pardon of sin, who's never had a personal experience with you. Above everything else, I pray that happens. God, hide us in the cross of Calvary that people might see Jesus. And for all you do, we're gonna give you glory, we're gonna give you honor, we're gonna give you praise. For I pray this prayer with a grateful heart. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I wanna to talk to you about a Christian's greatest promise. Somebody said to me that there are 8,000 promises in the Word of God. And I think as Christians, that's so important. Because folks, we, we don't live our lives based on explanations. We live our lives based on the promises of God. We, we live our lives based on the, the promises of God. We can't always explain things. The pastor can't always explain things. We, we, we don't always have the answers. But we know the promises of God. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 10 and 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith, for he is faithful that hath promised. He is faithful. I, I'm honored to have, have you in the service today, and I'm honored to have my wife, Barbara. This year, Barbara and I will be married 40 years. 40 years. <laughs> We were so young when we got married, we didn't know whether to go on a, uh, you know, honeymoon or summer camp. Amen. I mean, we were just kids. <laughs> we got married. I never will forget. I said, Barbara, well, listen, I'm a preacher. I said, uh, uh, divorce can't be a part of our vocabulary. <laughs> Murder is, but divorce is not. Amen. I mean, we're in this. And not long ago, we was, I was thinking about this faithful, and we was in bed one night, and I looked over at Barbara, and I said, Barbara, we've been together all these years. And I said, you know, Barbara, I'd rather die as be unfaithful to you. She said, don't worry, Benny. If you are, you will. <laughs> Second Peter 3 and 9 says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, but he is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all would come into repentance. Somebody said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. But this is what I've learned. If God said it, that settles it, whether we believe it or not. Amen. If God said an elephant's going to lay an egg, you can get your skillet. It's going to happen. Amen? I love studying old preachers, preachers from days gone by. Billy Sunday is one of my favorite. He was a converted baseball player. I mean, he was a, he was a unique guy, theatrics in his preaching. And Billy Sunday was preaching on one occasion, and a heckler stood up and said, you, you can't prove a word of what you're preaching. Billy Sunday kept on preaching. Then the heckler stood up again and said, you can't prove a word of what you're preaching. Billy Sunday kept on preaching. He did that the third time, and Billy did something that, that I wouldn't do, and I know Pastor Mark would never do, but Billy, Billy Sunday got down from the platform, and he went back to that guy, and he got him in a headlock, and he started wringing his nose, and that guy pulled back, blood going in every direction, and he said to Billy Sunday, what did you do that for? Billy Sunday said, Proverbs 30 and 33, the ringing of the nose bring a fourth blood. Amen? The ringing of the nose bring a fourth blood. Now, I want to talk to you today about the Christian's greatest promise. The Christian's greatest promise. 
And before I get into what this verse says, I want to tell you a couple of things that it does not say. This verse does not say, folks, that we can just live any way we want to and God will fix our messes. It doesn't say that you can just live arbitrarily, just do what you want to do. If it feels good, do it and, you know, just loose living and in the end, God will fix our messes. No, look what he says. It says, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God. And John 14 and 15 says this, if you love me, keep my commandments. Folks, if we love him, there'll be a desire to please him. Because when you please God, it doesn't matter who you don't please. But if you don't please God, it doesn't matter who you do please. There'll be a desire to please him when you really love him. When you really love him, you want to please him. Let me tell you something else it doesn't say. It doesn't say that all things are good. What just happened in Maine is certainly not good. What Hamas did to Israel is not good. COVID is not good. Racism is not good. Abuse is not good. It, it doesn't say all things are good. Certainly all things. We live in a fallen world. Everything's not good in our world. But it says God works all things for the good of them that love God. Now let me make four quick statements. Statement number one is this is a confidential promise. This is a confidential promise. See, notice what it says. It says, and we know. See, I'm convinced there's just two groups of people in the world. You say, well, Pastor Benny, I'll tell you what that is. That's, that's the Democrat. <laughs> and that's the Republican. You know, you might want to be leery of all that. Uh, let me explain. That word politics, <laughs> poly means many and ticks means blood-sucking insect. Amen? <laughs> Just a thought. Somebody said, well, pastor, there's, 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 there's black people, there's, there's white people. No, that's not what he's talking about. Well, Pastor Benny, there's the, there's the, there's the Jews, there's Jews, and then there's everybody else. There's, there's, there's Gentiles. No, no, no. Uh, that's not what he's talking about. See, there's only two group of, groups of people. There are those that love God and those that don't love God. Those that love God, and it's exemplified by our actions, and those that don't love God. Let me tell you something, folks. If you don't love God, you really don't have an explanation for life. In essence, you really don't have a worldview. But those of us that love God, this is what we know. We may not understand what's happening. I don't understand. Listen, folks, I've I, I pastored the same church. I've pastored the same church for 34 years. Pastor Mark said he has 8,000 now, but I started out with 25. I mean, literally, when I started to supplement my income, I sold furniture. I sold my living room suit, my bedroom suit, my dining room suit. And let me tell you, I've not had all the answers. Now, I don't have all the answers. But this is all I know. I know I love God. I know I love him with all my heart. And I know God's working all things for my good. Because I love him. Amen? And I know you love him, too. And he's working all things for your good. 
See, this is a confidential promise, but I'll tell you something else. It's not only a confidential promise, it's a comprehensive promise. Notice what it says. And we know most things, and we know many things, <laughs> and we know some things. No, it doesn't say that, folks. It says all things. And when I was in Bible college, I did a deep theological study on the word all. And after hours of research, this is what it means, all. <laughs> I'm not deep, but I'm not stuck, amen? I mean, it means all. It literally means all. It means the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, when I was, uh, when I was young, I said to Barbara the other day, I said, Barbara, will you love me when I'm old and gray? She said, yes, I do. <laughs> but when I was young, I, I read this scripture, and I thought, my goodness, who wrote this scripture? That, that God's working all things for our good. And then I realized, I'll tell you who wrote it. A man by the name of Paul. And I started researching this guy, Paul. And I found out that he was shipwrecked at Malta. I, I, felt, I found out, folks, that he was stoned at a place called Lystra and left for dead. I found out that five times he was beaten with a cat of nine tails. I found out that three times they took rods to his back. I found out that for the gospel's sake, he was put in prison in Caesarea, Jerusalem, and Rome. I found out his best friends forsook him. And this is the guy who said, God's doing all things for our good. God's doing all things for our good. I tell a story. In my book, Defy the Odds, I hope you get it. It's the type of book, once you lay it down, it'll be hard to pick it back up. <laughs> it's $10, and I hope to not just sell you one, but sell you two. But I tell a story in that book about, I used to travel and preach, and I had a little Honda Civic. And I finally got a better car. It was small and I got a better car. I got a Buick LeSabre. So I found when I would drive to my meetings to preach, I, I felt better in the Buick LeSabre. My, my back wasn't hurting as bad. And I remember the first place I went to was Edgefield, South Carolina. I preached that night. It's kind of like I'm preaching now about how good God is and how God works all things for our good. Folks, I preached like a holy roller to camp meeting. I told them everything I knew and a lot of things I didn't know. Amen. I mean, I'm, I was ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I had that new Buick Saber. I believe if Mosquito had bit me that night, it would have left singing, there's power in the blood. Amen? I mean, I, I was excited. And the next night, we was going to service before I preached, and they took me to a little restaurant to have a meal. God bear me record. It started raining. The, the rain intensified. It turned to hail. Hailstones started falling from the sky in Edgefield, South Carolina, as big as grapefruits. It totaled my car. Barbara was looking at me. After it subsided, I went outside. I stood in front of the car, and I just cried. I, I just cried. And there was a lady who had been to the service the night before. She walked up and put her arm around me. I can still, 
put her arm around my back. And she said, preacher. I said, yes. She said, remember, God works all things. I just wanted to slap her in Jesus' name. Kind of like the guy that got on the scales one morning and he was weighing and he was holding his stomach in and his wife said, honey, that's not going to help. He said, yes, it will. It helps me to see the numbers. Amen. (laughs) Folks, when we can't see the numbers, God's working all things for our good. When we don't understand, God's working all things for our good because this is what I know. It's a confidential promise. It's a a comprehensive promise. But I'll tell you what else. It's a comforting promise. It's a comforting promise. Now look, I learned a long time ago, if you'll treat everybody as if they're hurting, you'll be treating 90% of the people correctly. And I realize that if a mother's here today, That mother is only as happy as her saddest child. I'm not an anthropologist, but every time I preach, I know I'm preaching to hurting people. I I heard a story about Albert Einstein. He was, true story, he was staying in the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo. And he got a message. And the manager of that hotel said to a bellhop, Take this message up to Mr. Einstein's room. And he took it up to Mr. Einstein's room. And he gave him the message. And Mr. Einstein started to reach for some money. And he didn't have any money. So he just pulled out a piece of paper. And he wrote on the piece of paper. Where there's a wheel, there's a way. I've said where there's a wheel, there's a relative. But anyway, (laughs) he wrote, where there's a wheel, there's a way. And he signed it, Albert Einstein. That bellhop said, man, he took advantage of me. No tip. But here's what's amazing. He kept it a few years. True story. And later sold it in an auction for $1.8 million. Now here, you say, Pastor, how does that make sense? Here's how it makes sense. It may not be good for you today. It may not be good. Things, th- listen, somebody said, you just got to name it, claim it, believe it, receive it. Health and wealth, blab it and grab it. <laughs> listen, if you believe that, don't sleep on your side tonight. Your brains will roll out your ears. That's simply just not true. But if it's not good for you today, it will be good. Because God said, he's working all things for your good. If it's not good for you today, it will be good. Because God said, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Charles Spurgeon said, God's too loving to be unkind. He's too wise to be mistaken. When we can't trace his hand, we can trust his heart.
My heart may twist and turn. My heart may throb and ache. But it's in my soul. I'm glad I know. My God makes no mistake. I just want you to know. I just want you to know. It's a confidential promise. I just want you to know. It's a comprehensive promise. I just want you to know. It's a comforting promise. But I want you to know something else. It's a consequential promise. It's a consequential promise. See, everybody knows Romans 8 and 28. But most of us don't know Romans 8 and 29. And this is what it says. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son. What does that mean? That means God takes the good. God takes the bad. God takes the ugly to conform us to the image of Jesus. God takes everything in our lives, ladies and gentlemen, to make us more like Jesus. And see what I've learned, folks? The same sun that hardens the clay melts the ice. And the experiences of life, you can allow them to make you bitter or you can allow them to make you better. But God's allowing everything to happen. Did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurred to God? God didn't begin when the beginning began. He began the beginning. He didn't start with start. He started start. And before there was a was, he was. Amen? Where'd God come from? In the beginning, God. And God had a plan for you from the very beginning. And God's allowing the good, the bad, the ugly to happen to make you more like Jesus. Pastor Mark said his dad was a pastor. His sons are in ministry. Somebody said, Pastor Benny, is, is that your story? My story is my mother had a sixth grade education. My mother spent one night with a man and I was conceived. Mama said, I, I was pregnant with you, and I had a three-year-old. And when I told your daddy that I was pregnant, I never saw your daddy again. He left. She said, here I was, pregnant with you, Benny. Three-year-old sister, no daddies. She said, I got in a relationship with a man. And she said, I was in a relationship with him. And one day he picked me up. And he took me to a place. She said, it was dark and it was dreary and it was drabby. But she said, I could tell it was a medical facility. And she said, we were there. And I said to him, what are, what are we doing here? Why are we here today? And he said to me, you don't need that baby. And I don't want that baby. And we're going to take care of that baby. My little mother ran out of that facility crying and said these words. Nobody's going to kill my baby. Nobody's going to kill my baby. Nobody's going to kill my baby. Listen closely, folks. There are accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. There are accidental parents. But there are no accidental children.
There's intrinsic value, folks, in every life. Intrinsic value in every life. My mother said, I had you. She said, I didn't know what I was going to do with you. And I was renting a little apartment, and I lived across the road from a Pentecostal lady by the name of Jenny Travis. And I went over to Jenny Travis. We lived in McMinnville, Tennessee. I don't know if you've ever heard of McMinnville, Tennessee, but recently a tornado went through there and did $50,000 worth of improvements. They lived in McMinnville, Tennessee. And she went across the road to that Pentecostal lady, and she said, I've got this baby, and I need help. And that lady's name was Jenny Travis. She said, what's his name? And mama said, his name's Vincent. Vincent. And she said, I can't pronounce that. Can I just call him Benny? She said, call him whatever you want to call him. If you'll just help me. And that Pentecostal lady would anoint me with oil. She would pray over me. She'd say, God, I sense this baby's going to be a preacher. I sense you're going to use him to reach people for Christ. Mammy told me, I, she said, I prayed over you, and I always told the Lord, God, I believe he's going to be a preacher. But don't let him be a dead, lifeless preacher. Let him have fire in his bones. Let him be excited. I told Barbara the other day, I said, Barbara, I've taken some cold medicine, and it's made me so hyper. She said, my goodness, how can you tell? But she said, let him, let him have the fire of God in his life. And I lived with Mammy, and a few years later, my mother pulled back up. She pulled up with that man, that man who took me to that medical facility when I was in my mother's womb. And that man became my stepfather. And he raised me. And each day of my life, he would tell me that I was stupid. Each day of my life, he would tell me how ignorant I was. Tell me to take my clothes off while he took a belt to me. Tell me that I would never amount to anything. How stupid I was. I was going to school, but I couldn't learn. I couldn't pick up. Somebody said, words don't matter. Get real. Words created this world. And words create people's worlds. Words are powerful. Because death and life's in the power of the tongue. Told me I was illegitimate. Told me I'd never amount to anything. I was doing a TV interview in where Mark's from, Fort Worth, the other day with James Robinson, Life Today. And I was just sharing the story. James Robinson said, cut the camera off. Cut it off now. He said, I got to clean myself up. Benny's story is too similar to mine. I've got to clean myself up. And then James Robinson said, Benny, he didn't call you illegitimate, did he? I said, no. He said he called you the B word, didn't he? I said, over and over and over. Every day, he reminded me of the B word. Every day, he reminded me of the B word. I said, James, there were a lot of times I'd get between he and my mother. My mother would have a black eye. Face would be beat. He'd say to my mother, when I get through beating your face, 
No man will ever want you. No man will ever have you. We probably left 15 times. Chased us down with a gun. We'd always go back. I said, Mama, why did we always go back to the hell? Why did we go back to the hell, Mama? She said, boy, I just had a sixth grade education. I've got one daughter. <laughs> I taught her all of her life. Don't you depend on a hairy-legged boy. You get an education. She tucked me up on it. She's gone to school her entire life. Thank God she recently became Dr. Savannah Tate. She's a doctorate. She's a doctor at John Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland now. But my mother, with that sixth grade education, we always went back. Finally, we left for good. But we didn't have any money. So we lived in the back of nightclubs. We lived in the back of taverns. I shot pool for a living. Anywhere, we were homeless for a while. I remember the day came that my mother went to bed. I didn't understand why mama went to bed, but she'd had another relationship that had gone south. And mama decided in this relationship that life wasn't living, worth living. She put a pistol in her pocketbook and said, I'm just gonna end my life. She said, I thought about doing it at our house, Benny, but I didn't want you to find me. So I decided I'd go 30 miles to my first cousin's house that I'd partied and caroused with because she would be more mature. She would be the one to find me. And she went to that first cousin's house that she'd partied with, knocked on that door and said, can I spend the night with you? And that first cousin said, yes, you can. But I want you to know something. I'm not the person I used to be. I've gone down to Temple Baptist Church and I gave my life to Christ. And the things that I used to do, I don't want to do anymore. And more than anything, you need Jesus. <laughs> and that night, my little old mama went into that house and gave her heart and life to Jesus Christ gave her heart and life to Jesus Christ. I've said a thousand times, the place where my mother went to end her life, she found life. She found abundant life. She found eternal life. Because ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ changes everything. He changes everything. He changes everything. The next morning, my mother pulled up. I can still visualize it. Mama's pretty, but mama looked different. Mama's got red hair and there was a glow about mama. And mama said to me, boy, your little eyes shouldn't have seen what you've seen. I hate you've been through what you've been through, boy. I hate the places we've lived. But you've got a new mama because your mama got saved last night. And she said, boy, you ought to give your life to Christ. And I said, mom, I'm just not interested in that.
But let me say this, folks. I started looking at Mama. Mama didn't know the Bible. Mama could barely read. But I saw a difference in my mother's life. We won't make a difference until we are different. We're in this world in contact, but we're not in this world in conduct. And we won't make a difference until we are different. And I saw a difference. And I would come in at night, and I'd hear my mother, God, don't let Benny go to hell. Benny's out doing stuff he shouldn't be doing, God. But God saved Benny. And one night about midnight, I said, Mom, I can't take it anymore. I want to give my life to Christ. She said, let's call the preacher. We called the preacher at midnight. He walked in and he said, Benny, you got to pray. I said, I don't know how to pray. He said, you got to pray the sinner's prayer. Listen, I didn't know the sinner's prayer. I said, I don't know how to pray. We, we, I don't do the church thing. He said, take my hands. And he led me in the sinner's prayer. Folks, it wasn't a long prayer. <laughs> it's not the length of the prayer that makes a difference. It's the strength of the prayer that makes a difference. And I want you to know, that night, Jesus Christ, <laughs> that night, Jesus Christ changed my life. Salvation changed my life. Jesus saving me changed my life. I thank God decades later for salvation. I'm glad God thought it. Jesus brought it. The blood bought it. The Bible taught it. The Holy Spirit wrought it. The devil fought it. But I'm so glad I caught it. I'm so glad I got saved. A little time passed. And I said, Mom, I got to do something. She said, what do you got to do, boy? I said, Mom, I feel like I'm supposed to preach. She said, now let me talk to you. She said, we got a lot of family members in prison. But none in the pulpit. <laughs> and she said, you'll be the first. And I said, well, God's called me to preach. She said, where are you going to preach at, boy? I said, I'm going to start out on the street corners. I'm going to go to rescue missions and jails. I'm going to go to nursing homes. See, folks, somebody says, you'll go anywhere and preach. Look here. If you're too big for the small, you're too small for the big. And God's not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. And I started preaching. And I'd preach messages out of the book of Spasm. I didn't know it was Psalms. One night I was preaching and a lady said, talk to me, what is the epistles? I said, well, I, that's the apostles' wives. <laughs> I just didn't know. I reached 30 years of age and my sister said, I'm almost done, by the way, folks. If you get finished before I do, just slip out. <laughs> I reached 30 years of age and my sister said, somebody wants to meet you. I said, who would want to meet me? She said, your daddy. I'd never used the word daddy. I never had a daddy. 
I had a man tell me that I was ignorant. But I never had a daddy. She said, you got to go to this restaurant. And I went to that restaurant and, and I met my daddy for the first time. And he told me that he had been a professional gambler. And he told me about the illegal whiskey rings that he had ran. He told me about his time that he spent in this prison and the time in that prison. And, and he talked. Before we got finished, I said, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, Don, are you a believer? He said, yeah. About two years ago, I staggered into a church. And I gave my life to Christ. And he said, what you don't know is many times you've preached in large churches, in large crowds, and I've been in the crowd. And he said, I'd come by your table and I'd get your cassettes and I'd get your books. I'd get everything on the table. I said, I hope you paid for it. <laughs> and then he said, before we go, can I tell you something? I said, you sure can. He said, I'm dying. I said, I'm so sorry. He said, do you think maybe when we get to heaven, because of my actions, we weren't together here, that God will let us live next door to each other? I said, maybe he will. Maybe he will. He said, you know, every time I've heard you preach, and I've saw people give their lives to Christ. I thought about that night with your mother. And I thought about I was in sin and your mother was in sin. Then I think about all those people that you've led to faith in Christ. And he said, I am convinced. What we meant for evil, God meant for good. So New Spring Church, I have no problem preaching that God works all things for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. You said, preacher, you really had an injustice. No, mine's minor. The greatest injustice was Jesus Christ, the sinless son of God. And what seemed so bad, being nailed to a cross, turned out to be so good. Because of that, we can have life, abundant life, and eternal life. God's working all things for good. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking. Pastor Benny, I know you won't call my name or bring attention to me. I never would. But Pastor Benny, I don't know that my heart's right with Christ. I don't know that if I died, I'd go to heaven. Pastor Benny, uh, I just want you to pray for me. I just really want prayer today because I don't know that I'm right with Christ. If you would like for me to pray for you, just slip your hand up where I can see it. God bless you, 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 
God bless you. I'm just looking for your hand. Just slip it up where I can see it. God bless you. 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 Now listen closely. If you raised your hand, repeat this prayer. You're watching online. Repeat this prayer with me. You're sitting in your seat. Repeat this prayer with me. Say these words. Say them right now. Repeat it. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. And God, I confess them to you right now. Lord, I pray that you will forgive me. And I pray that you will come into my life. Now, thank you, God, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for saving me. If you prayed that prayer with me, hold your hand up real high where I can see it. It's wonderful, 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 wonderful. Folks, I want every person to look at me. I want you to look at me. I, I believe 40 or 50 people in this service prayed to receive Christ. What do you think about that? God bless you. My wife and I will be out at the table. I'd love to meet you. God bless you. Pastor Mark. Aren't you glad Benny and Barbara are here with us today? Just to follow up on what Benny said, if you just pray with Benny to receive Christ, we have a gift we want to give you. There's a box here with a Bible and some other wonderful things, a book I wrote that'll help you take your first steps. And all you have to do is text the word PRAYED, P-R-A-Y-E-D, to 97,000. And if you're here in the house, there are info centers all around the campus. You can just go out. You'll recognize them by the blue and white color. And you can just go out and say, I prayed with Benny, and they'll give this to you. If you're watching online or television, you can just text the word PRAY to 97,000 and follow the steps, and we'll send this to you. We're so glad that you're here. Before you leave, I want to tell you one more time, this is the best book I've read this year. And uh, Benny was telling me yesterday, he said he kind of had an argument with his publisher because they wanted him to charge more. And Benny said, no, I want people who need it to be able to have it, and not only to have it, but to give it to a friend. And of course, we've got Christmas coming up. So right out there by the New Spring store, you can meet Benny and Barbara and then pick up one of these. I tell you, like I said, we bought one for each of our sons and I've given them to friends. It's a tremendous story. You've heard part of it, but there's so much more. Thanks for being here. God bless you. We'll see you next weekend. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Wichita, the surrounding area, we'd love for you to engage with us in one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our incredible kids and student environments, visit us at newspring.org. One more time, newspring.org.